Hey there, welcome to Embrace Your Strengths podcast. You're going to hear inspiring stories of men and women who are embracing their top five Clifton strengths in all kinds of ways. You'll be encouraged to understand more about what's so great about you. Learn how knowing, developing, and living more moments using your strengths can bring you joy and purpose in your life. I'm your host, Barbara Colwell. Welcome to Embrace Your Strengths. I'm really excited for you to hear from my next guest today, John Henderson. I've known John and his wife, Mary, for almost 40 years. As you listen to this episode, you're going to hear that John has, has a deep impact on people wherever he goes. He's compelled to give his energy and efforts to what matters and what's going to outlive him. He invests his time in the next generation of leaders in various countries in Eastern Europe. You're also going to hear how, as he knows what his strengths are, it's helping pave the way for him to fine-tuning his efforts and energy to be most effective in his work. You also hear a little bit about a hard season that he and Mary walked through and how it really solidified his trust in God's goodness and God's faithfulness. If this episode or any others ministered to you, would you please leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts? Well, I hope you enjoyed this conversation with John Henderson. Hi there. Welcome to Embrace Your Strengths. I am so excited for you to hear from our next guest today, John Henderson. Welcome, John. Hello, Barbara. Good to be with you. Oh, I'm real excited for our conversation. And I I just, every time Ward and I are with you and Mary, it's just such a treat. And we're just so blessed that you both live in Austin now, but um, why don't you start with just telling a little bit about who you are, where you live, and what you do? Okay. Well, I guess a good place to start is um, I've been married to my wife, Mary, for over 40 years, and uh, it's um, wonderful to be able to say that. We have three grown children, and as of a year ago, we have a, uh, a grandson, so we've entered that season uh, of life as well. Um, yeah, we've we've been uh, on staff with Campus Crusade for Christ, or Crew, as it's called these days. Um, the same amount of time we've been married, about forty-three years. So um, easy to keep track of anniversaries, perhaps. Um, it's funny because I I, uh, I came on the staff with the uh, Athletes in Action, which is the sports ministry of Campus Crusade for Christ. And back in those years, I, in my mind, I thought, well. Uh, I'll just do this for a couple of years and then I'll go get a real job. <laughs> yeah. And that was over 40 years ago. And uh, we've been here at University of Texas. We've been in New Zealand helping start Campus Crusade there. We've been in Budapest, Hungary. And it's been an incredible, incredible adventure uh, with the Lord. Well, um, yeah, I think about when when we first met years ago, when y'all were at UT and Ward mm-hmm. and I were up in Dallas and that was that seems forever ago. But um, <laughs> I know. But, and then even and then when we brought um, Warren to New Zealand uh, to come do the student conferences down there, that was really fun. Yeah, but fun for y'all. Um, I had two little little girls at my home for two weeks, but um, <laughs> I'm glad y'all had a great time. <laughs> well, I remember uh, Warren introducing New Zealanders to Texan culture. Oh yeah, what? 
didn't he sing um let your light shine bright <laughs> yes she did <laughs> That's funny. well i love i love it when we're together with you all and um just when i was asking warren about you and what he likes about you he goes well he's tall he's great <laughs> and i like him and um but i think it's cute how you call him your little buddy because you are what maybe a foot or more taller than him yeah he kind of fits right in kind of under my <laughs> under my armpit when i give him a hug <laughs> that's really cute well um why don't you tell our listeners what your top five clifton strengths are and then a little bit about um kind of what that's looked like as you've understood what your strengths are hmm, sure so um my my top five strength finders, uh, number one's belief, number two is responsibility, number three is relator, number four is positivity, and number five is harmony. And it's, it's a very interesting combination of things that has uh, really helped explain some things about sometimes some of the inner struggles or inner conflicts that I have uh, where sometimes uh, belief and responsibility uh, can tend to go to war with <laughs> my positivity and my harmony. And uh, it was not long after I first, you know, took the assessment and, and kind of found out that I realized, oh, I, I, I understand better now. Hmm. Um, on the one hand, why there's a, a people, very strong people side of me, and, and that's true. But there's also a very strong belief and responsibility side. And, and um, so learning how to live balancing those things out um, has definitely been a journey, but it, I think it definitely has created more effectiveness and fruitfulness in the way I lead and in the way I relate to people. Yeah. Well, why don't you kind of back up a little bit and explain a little bit about what your role is and what you mm -hmm. spend your time doing now, and then can kind of see how that shows up in what your life and job is. Sure. For a little over 20 years now, um, I've been involved in staff training and leader development for Campus Crusade in Central and Eastern Europe. And so that has involved roughly um, having the privilege of engaging with our staff mostly, but also some volunteers and pastors and lay people um, in the area of discipleship and development and leadership abilities and skills. And I love what I get to do. Hmm. I think one of the reasons is probably one of the big belief things I have. I, th this, this happened very early on in my walk with God and God just seemed to put a sense of eternity in my heart hmm. and that I always wanted and felt compelled to give myself and invest myself in the things that really mattered and in the things that were going to outlive me, things that were going to be around after I was gone. Sometimes people talk about legacy and that kind of thing. Um, but that's always been a very strong belief and sense of, of maybe responsibility of this is I want to invest my life in the things that are going to be around after I'm gone. And that's what I feel like I get to do. Yeah. Well, and you're on planes. What, like you said, how does that actually work? You 
are in Eastern Europe a lot of how many, like how many weeks out of the year are you usually over there, but you live in Austin? Well, normally, and, and, you know, normal is, is pre COVID, but um, normally it's anywhere between five and seven trips a year. Uh, Sort of the routine that Mary and I have worked out that seems acceptable is that no trip is longer than three weeks and I try to do a month between trips. So it, it's very regular. I think it's somewhere between 110 and 130 days a year. Mm. Wow. Well, can you tell me about, I mean, I know this might seem a little odd, but even just like any of the people you've really enjoyed in that you've been ministering to recently, like what drives you about being on a plane and being gone from home? Like, <laughs> Yeah, well, definitely I think God has been very gracious to me to give me a, I don't know what you would call it, a physical stature or something that that um, enables me to get on planes. And uh, like, for example, I don't struggle with jet lag very much. I mean, everybody struggles with jet lag, but um, for some reason, God's enabled me not to, not to deal with it uh, or not to, to struggle with it as much as others do. But it really, Barbara, is just the passion of knowing that when I'm over there, and, and of course, a lot of ministry, too, is done virtually these days, and so I do that as well. But when I'm over there face-to-face and I'm sitting down and I'm having a meal with an Eastern European like a Lhotse from Hungary or a Zbyshik in Poland, um, had some great time with Vanya in Moldova recently, um, Ginsi from Albania, Gotse from Macedonia. These are all kind of the next generation of ministry leaders in their countries. And it just feels like such a privilege and an honor that I can go and speak into their lives and invest in them and disciple them and encourage them and come alongside them because they're the ones who are with, with feet on the ground, who are there day in, day out, leading the ministries and leading uh, the organization and, and having significant scope and significant responsibilities that they're the next generation. And um, man, I just, the way God's built me, I just can't think I'd rather be doing anything else. Yeah. Wow. That is such a privilege and just their eagerness and hunger to kind of take the wisdom and that you bring and I'm sure other folks too that are investing in them. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. So I tell people that I love my job, but I hate my commute. How about that? <laughs> yeah. I bet you get to read a lot of good books and conversations, movies while you're traveling. (laughs) Yes, indeed. In fact, I do something that I know probably nobody does anymore. And probably the listeners would think you got to be joking me. But I actually spend a fair amount of time when I'm traveling, writing postcards to people. Nobody writes postcards anymore. Nobody does that. And so I think it's special when somebody gets a postcard. At least that's what I, that's what I hope happens when they get a postcard yeah. from me. <laughs> that's great. Well, um, I know like it seems that a lot of the, maybe some of the other people that you work with over there have learned a little bit about their strengths too. How have you seen that help in the teams that you meet with or even just their effectiveness in understanding their strengths? Mm. 
Yeah, you know, there's probably several things um, that I've observed both about myself and how just being aware of my strength finders uh, and then how it, it helps me understand other people. You know, especially when um, when we we work so much on teams together, and it's not easy being on a team with people because you got personalities and you have moods and you have life circumstances going on and you have different strength finders. And I, I have found that the strength finders has really helped me understand better why I react the way I do to things and what some of my natural tendencies are, but it also helps me recognize the tendencies of other people and to realize that, that sometimes when those things bump into each other, it doesn't mean it's sin and it doesn't mean you've got people who are um, not wanting to be team players. It's just that they're coming at things from a different point of view, from a different strength. Mm-hmm. And so that's really helped me and it's helped me help others to relax a little bit and to enjoy and to appreciate the different perspectives with which people approach things. Yeah. Are there any um, particular strengths that you have kind of seen a lot or that kind of you have more examples of like, oh yeah, I do kind of maybe collide with somebody with this particular strength or. Well, Barbara, I can I can tell you a situation I'm in right now. I've been asked to be a mediator in a situation on a team where um, there is a team leader and a couple of people on the team who are in real serious conflict with each other. And one of the first things that I wanted to find out, especially from the team leader, is what were his string finders. Uh-huh. And um, his first strength finder was command and his second was responsibility. And I said, okay, so that tells me something <laughs> about uh-huh. this leader. And, um, and I think part of the way that comes out in, on this team is that he is, he is very driven. He is very direct in his communication. Mm-hmm. Um, he is very good at setting direction and expecting people to follow and, you know, those are all, those can all be good strengths. But I think also, I think he's needing to learn how to put those strengths of command and responsibility into the context of relationships. And I think that's where the conflict that they're experiencing um, kind of has its roots. Mm-hmm. And so it's not an issue of you know, everyone involved in this conflict, they all have great hearts. They all have great intentions. They're all committed to the work. So that's not the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not issues of sin. It's just, it's just differences in terms of natural tendencies. And so I'm, I'm, I just actually this week have, have some of these thoughts have come together for me and realized that this needs to probably be a plan for him to, to take those strengths, but then to harness them in a, in a positive way so that people who don't have those same strengths can actually benefit from them and they don't have to cause unnecessary conflict. Yeah. Yeah. I know like when I um, meet with teams and there are certain strengths that can collide. So we kind of go over that during the team workshop, Mm -hmm. which is always helpful. And yeah, I think, um, yeah, all of them can collide with different strengths. And so it's not like unusual, but, I think I know like for me, like I have harmony like you do also, but harmony and command definitely can collide mm-hmm. in 
So yeah, that's neat to, to have that insight of those people. And it's, it kind of, even though it seems kind of simple and obvious, it still takes time for all of us to realize, well, why don't you do it the way I do? Or (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Or why doesn't this make sense? It makes perfect sense to me. Right. Yeah. Well, um, I think that also one of the things I love about strengths and understanding them is helping, like helping me or helping other people to just illuminate those and know those, but also it's really beneficial when we take action to really develop a a strength and like Mm -hmm. put it to use or take a course or whatever the situation might be. Is there anything that you feel like you've done or had opportunities with to to make your strengths even more developed? Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. I think probably one of the most difficult seasons of life that, that Mary and I and our family had to go through was um, when we, we had spent eight years in New Zealand and then we moved to Budapest, Hungary, and we had lived there six years. And, you know, our thought was, hey, we're going to be here, you know, I don't know, maybe the rest of our lives. I mean, the work was worthy. The scope was huge. We didn't feel like, you know, it was a stepping stone to something else. We felt like, hey, we want to we wanna just join in the work here for the long term. And then um, Mary came down with some very severe health issues that forced us back to the U.S. And, um, and in fact, the first year she was back in the U.S., she was in a wheelchair. And wow, that, that, that season of life really rocked us on many levels. Like mm-hmm. one of them was, I mean, is this our life now? Is this the rest of our life? She's, this is what she, her life is going to exist of. And praise God that um, she's not in a wheelchair. And I mean, she has limitations in her life. She kind of has a chronic situation called fibromyalgia. And <clears throat> so it puts limitations in her life, but um you know, she, she lives a fairly normal life now, but, but international travel and living internationally was no longer an option. And so we kind of had to, to struggle with dying to some things. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I really wrestled with God for maybe three years about mm-hmm. it. And, and here, and part of it, I think was my belief issue. Uh, this was not what I believed was going to, to be our life and our future. And, and, you know, I had some convictions like, um, okay, Lord, you're the one that said the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. We put our hand up. We said, Hey, here we are. Send us. And yeah, you can, you can definitely heal Mary. So, you know, it was rocking my belief in, in God and in his yeah. goodness and his sovereignty. Um, Maybe that's why I, I struggled as much as I did. But the outcome of that also had to do with belief because, and I don't know, maybe this will sound elementary, but it was very deep to me. I kind of had to return to the basic truths of, is God loving? Is God good? Is God mm-hmm. faithful? And is God sovereign? And if I really believe those things to be true, then I can trust him with the things in my life that I don't understand and maybe even don't like and wouldn't choose I can still trust him with that. And that was probably the biggest fruit that came out of that three-year journey of struggling with the Lord was I kind of returned and refreshed and renewed my belief that, yes, God, you are good, you are faithful, you are sovereign, and I can trust in that. 
and I can be content in that. And that I think has probably sustained me through these years of, of living a lifestyle and traveling as much as I do. That wouldn't be my choice. I'd prefer being living in Eastern Europe, but because I can maintain those beliefs, um, that then sustains me through circumstances that I wouldn't choose and don't prefer. Yeah. Mm. That's really good. Yeah. I, thanks for sharing that. I, I remember just that season for y'all and it is amazing to see just God's hand on Mary and her life. And just but like I said, for both of you, as you were trusting God with what's around the corner, what does this mean? Mm-hmm. But, um, In a very strange way, Barbara, um, and I don't know if others would find peace in this or not, or if it has to do with my street finders or kind of what that journey was, but uh, I think it's Ecclesiastes 11.5 says something like, um, just as you do not know where the wind comes from, and neither do you understand how bones are formed in the womb of the mother, so neither can you understand the activity of God who creates all things. Mm. And I don't know how, but I I was able to believe and trust in God and find contentment, even though I didn't have answers to the question why. Yeah, mm. that's really good. I I I need to hang out in that verse. That's a good one. I kind of forgot about that. That's a <laughs> yeah. I think it is. I feel like we all kind of get to a point at one time or another to like, do I believe this? Like you said, Lord, are mm-hmm. you good? What, what about this situation? What about me? Mm. So, oh, that's mm. neat. Well, I think, yeah, just seeing, seeing the fruit of that. And like you said, having that strength of belief really strengthened is so crucial and neat to see how, continuing just to trust the Lord with the whole bigger picture is allowing you to have this continued ministry on the other side of the world. It's so awesome. Mm, Yeah. And, and again, I think the, the thing that I have appreciated in this journey and Paul says in Philippians four, it's learning to be content. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, there's probably books written on that. <laughs> I would say, you know, my, my, I guess my bottom line understanding of contentment is to be thankful and grateful for what the Lord provides and don't whine about what he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And now that's easier said than done, but um, that's about kind of all I got in terms of contentment. Yeah. That's neat. Well, I know recently you, you're um, teaching Peter to a group of folks and mm. learning a lot, thinking about um, Peter. Is there any little nugget you'd like to share of what you're kind of being impressed with as you're reading and studying about Peter? Hmm. Oh, yes. I've, I've kind of fallen in love with Peter. I don't think I've ever studied his life so uh, intently as I have in the last year or so. And so, and that created the opportunities to uh, kind of design and teach this course on Peter. So a couple of things stand out to me. One is understanding as, as you kind of see first Peter, uh, Peter's first calling 
and and this is true for for all of us. But Peter's first calling was not to a what; it was to a who. Mm-hmm. That that the most consistent description of a Christian in the New Testament is someone who is in Christ. It's mentioned, I think, a hundred and. 15 times maybe in the New Testament, in Christ, in the Lord, in me, whatever. And so that first calling is, it's a calling to identity, a new identity. And then if that's true, then I think the rest of our lives is is learning how to abide in Christ, to remain in Christ, to stay in Christ. And and then uh, the other the other thing that I love about Peter, and probably everybody loves this about Peter, is I, I'm just so grateful to the Lord for putting Peter's story in life in the Bible because, man, he is a guy with great zeal and great faith who rarely got it right, at least the first <laughs> time. Definitely in the Gospels. I mean, he got it wrong all the time. Mm. And uh, just this week, I'm, I'm doing the course virtually with Slovakia. And this morning we we have our sessions on Monday morning, and we were looking at Peter's denial and resur- and restoration. And I can only imagine that that had to have been the deepest, darkest moment of Peter's life mm-hmm. when he denied Jesus, and then Jesus looked at him and he went out and wept bitterly. Uh, mm-hmm. And yet, then that's followed up in John twenty one by this tender exchange between Jesus and Peter, where. Peter's reaffirming his love for Jesus and Jesus is reaffirming, you know, his calling of Peter to be the shepherd of the early church. And I, I think all that encourages me because it, it means, you know what, I don't have to be perfect. I'm going to blow it sometimes. I'm going to stumble. But redemption, restoration, renewal with Jesus is always possible. And so, you know, there's hope in, in seeing Peter fumble around. Yeah, um, we like to identify with people like that. <laughs> we do, because <laughs> yeah. we see ourselves in those people. Mm-hmm. Well, as I talk with um, people about their strengths, one of the things that I hope to encourage myself in, but others also, is like when we're using all of our strengths to like their fullest capacity, that we're really um, kind of being the person that God wants us to be. And I think it's not like there's always moments when that necessarily happens. But as you've seen over the years, like as you think about your top five strengths, are there any any certain little highlights where you think, wow, I loved it when I got to do this or when I was showing up in this way? I don't know. I mean, not to feel like you're bragging on yourself, but like when things that you have loved doing and you're like, yeah, I was made to do this kind of like Mm. Eric little, uh, you know, I run to feel God's pleasure. And do you feel like there's anything that comes to your mind that you think, Oh yeah. When I do Mm. that, I feel God's pleasure. (laughs) You know, um, one of the ways I like to think about what I do is I describe it this way. I am a servant to the servants of God in Eastern Europe. Mm. And I love that role. Um, Maybe 10 years ago, this this process had a huge impact on me. Um, You know, oftentimes when we're in an organization or, you know, we're in some kind of a a structure, we we assume that that the next step is always going to be up, you know, up in the organization, you know, a team Mm -hmm. leader and then a regional leader and then more responsibility and more scope. And, I think that's a natural tendency, but um, 
maybe about 10 years ago, and Strength Finders was a part of this, but I, I came across a concept of, of where, where any one of us should be going toward is, is the place where there's an intersection between what things give us passion and energy and what things are we motivated by, where that intersects with what we're good at, our skills, our gifts, where we can make the greatest contribution. Mm-hmm. And so if you can find the place where my passions and my strengths intersect, that is the greatest place to be. And what I realized was it doesn't matter if it's up in the organization or down in the organization or sideways in the organization. That's irrelevant. But it's where can I be where I feel like the way God has made me, I can make the greatest contribution. What am I passionate about? How does it, what are those places where God seems to use me? And and so in the last 10 years, understanding my string finders and understanding that idea of trying to find that intersection of, of who I am, who God's made me and, and gravitate toward the intersection of those things. I have actually made two significant decisions to go down in the organization when I was being challenged to move up. Hmm. And frankly, greatest decisions I've ever made. Oh, that's Be- awesome. Because I feel like, you know, I think it, for any of us, I mean, none of us gets to have a job where we do 100% of what we like to do and 0% of what we don't want to do. And we all have to do things in our roles, you know, the part of it that we'd rather not do. That's just life. But, um, and then some have said that, you know, if you have a 60-40 split, like 60% is what you're made to do and 40% is just stuff you have to do, that that's a pretty good, you know, percentage. Well, as a result of the decisions I made in the last 10 years, two of them to go down instead of up, I feel like, Barbara, I feel like I'm like an 80-20. Mm, that's <laughs> yeah. awesome. And and I've not always had that, you know, throughout my life. And maybe not everybody experiences that, but I sure think it's worthwhile to pursue. And um, and I think Strength Finders for me has been a part of that. Yeah, mm, that's, that's encouraging to hear. Well, this is... Um... I mean, I, I think I might know the answer about this, but like, do you feel like there's been any times that it's been hard for you to actually embrace your strengths? I mean, I love like what you're saying, the, as you've been kind of trying to get to places to use them more, but has there been any like curveballs or seasons where you're like, oh, it's, I don't really like my strengths or it's hard for me to embrace that these are my strengths? <laughs> oh, Yes. Um, well, I'd be curious what you think I'm going to say, but I'll, I'll say what I'm going to say, and then you can decide if you want to share. Um, this is probably both one of the greatest tensions, but also one of the greatest aha moments for me. And it goes back to what I mentioned earlier. It's, it's that conflict sometimes I feel between belief and responsibility and my positivity and harmony. Because especially as a leader, um, sometimes you have to make decisions that aren't always going to feel harmonious with people. Yeah. And they're not always going to feel positive toward people. And like I say, I think earlier in my life and and leadership, I think I tended to let my positivity and harmony strength trump everything else. Mm -hmm. And it um, was really not helpful. It wasn't helpful because it created in me sometimes a, 
you know, a, a conflict in my belief and responsibility sides. And, and so there was inner turmoil as I was trying to make everybody else, you know, be happy and be harmonious. And then somewhere along the way, um, maybe it was with more response more leadership responsibility. I think my, my belief and responsibility kicked in stronger. And I found myself having to make decisions that were in conflict with harmony and positivity with people. And um, so one, my strengths um, helped me to understand what that conflict was about inside of me. Um, and then it also helped me realize that, you know, sometimes there is, let's say, for example, an inappropriate de- uh, behavior on a team that maybe I'm not sure what the answer is, but I know this, this thing can't, it can't continue. Mm-hmm. You know, this is causing too much turmoil and too much distraction and too much hurting of people. And so I, I think I've kind of come to a place in leadership where um, I'm, I continue to learn how do I balance belief and responsibility with the people aspects that are also part of my, my strengths. And I keep learning how to do that better, but at least I'm aware that it's an issue that I need to be aware of and I need to be thinking about. Because mm-hmm. um, both of those are needed in good leaders. You have to have belief. You have to have responsibility. But you also need to have the people side. Right. Um, uh, you know, or else you, you, you either end up wounding people or you end up letting everybody do whatever they want to want to do, and then nothing really gets done. <laughs> yeah, I can see that that would be tension for sure. But neat to see just just the I'm sure a lot of growth steps you've taken in that. And I know for me as a person, usually following someone, it is nice when the person that's leading has I don't know. I have harmony, so I. I'm attracted to that strength for sure. But mm-hmm. but yeah, just to be able to help navigate the the landmines that might be happening in a meeting or in the direction. So And I think one of the things I, I consistently see um among many things for all of us, but one of the things I see undermines effective leaders often is a lack of self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And it's the kind of it's the kind of circumstance where everybody else around you knows something, but you don't know. That's uh-huh. not a good place to be as a leader. And I I see a lot of leaders um, not having very good self awareness, and it it hurts them. It, it hurts their effectiveness, even when they're well intentioned and well meaning, um, because they're they're not aware of how they come across. Um, they're not as effective as they could be. And so to me, that's one of the things that Strength Finders does. It it helps me be more self-aware of what my natural tendencies are, yeah. both good and bad. Well, I love just kind of getting some little glimpses into your strengths and how those have been showing up for you with what you're doing. And um, yeah, it's just as a friend, I know we don't work together, but it's fun to enjoy your um, strengths and like you say your positivity relator harmony I mean the, the other ones are great too but I guess I we get more the the people ones on the in the interactions we have so yeah um, what would you say lately has put a smile on your face or brought you some joy well other than my new grandson, Mm-hmm. Which that's kind of a no-brainer. Yeah, that's hard to like pass that one. <laughs> um, it 
It is so, so delightful to engage deeply and meaningfully and vulnerably and intimately with, um, with these young leaders that God just gives me the honor and privilege to know mm-hmm. and to spend time with. And, you know, it, it's iron sharpening on both sides. You know, I, I, I find very often that I, I go to a country and let's say I'm teaching something like a Peter course and, you know, they all think I'm coming there to minister to them, but in reality, God uses them to minister to me mm. and sharpen me. And it's, it's just such a delight, you know, somewhere along the way on every trip I come home, somewhere along the way on that trip, this thought comes to my mind, Lord, I, I can't believe you let me do what I get to do. Mm. And I, I have this passion of wanting to, to finish well. I think we all do. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I don't know. I feel like I'm in a good zone. Yeah. With that. And that brings, that brings me pleasure and makes me smile. What a privilege. And like you say, just a joy to be able to doing, do what you're made to do and just the opportunity to connect with these people and impart Lots of great wisdom and vision to them. Well, thanks, Barbara. Well, thank you for taking time to share with me about you and your strengths. And I appreciate just this time together. Well, thank you so much. And um, yeah, I look forward to more time with um, you and Warren, my little buddy. <laughs> okay. Thanks, John. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope this time has given you hope and encouragement about how amazing you are or helped you understand someone you know or work with or love. If you're curious about your top five strengths, you can take the assessment at cliftonstrengths.com. If this episode's been helpful to you, please leave a review, share the podcast with a friend, or subscribe to Embrace Your Strengths podcast. You can find more information at Barbara Colwell. C-U-L-W-E-L-L dot com. I sure look forward to our next time together. Take care.